Welcome to Haunted Hospitality, Southern Stories Told by Spooky Gingers. I'm Robin. And I'm Zoe. And I have a story for you today, but first, Zoe, how's life? Life is good. Um, things are finally calming down. And I mean, just in time for the holidays, I know. But not this past week, but the week before, mm-hmm. I went to my first karate class in almost two months. What? <laughs> And I, luckily it was a small... Oh, yeah, you haven't been mentioning karate lately. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> it was because I stopped about mid-September because I was preparing for the wedding. And mm-hmm. then wedding, and then anniversary, and then COVID. So I wasn't going. Anniversary? I'm sorry, uh, honeymoon. Honeymoon? Yeah. I think you're jumping the gun there. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>, next year. <laughs> yeah. But um, I went to my first karate class after everything. I was pleasantly surprised that... I didn't die within the first five minutes and it was luckily a smaller class. So we were able to kind of like focus more on smaller things to get me back into the flow of it rather than suddenly throw me into the wolves and be like, do this, do this, do this. And then I just forget everything. So it was nice. Well, I'm very happy that you got to enjoy that. Karate is like you, you are a person of many hobbies, Mm -hmm. like, like if you if I could just come up with a Twitter bio for you right off the bat or whatever social media platform will take over once Twitter is whatever happens to it, um, it would just be has hobbies <laughs> like you are you're multi hobbied and they're quite different from each other. Mm-hmm. But I know karate is quite up there for you. Yeah, I would say like podcast is probably number one. Karate yeah. is probably number two. Streaming video games is probably number three. And then, like, various crafts is probably number four. I'm surprised the crafts are at the bottom of the list. Uh, just because I haven't been into it recently. Though I have finished, I did finish three books, three and a half books, um, in the last two weeks. So reading is coming back up there. And writing's on there, too. Mm -hmm. And I actually baked for the first time in, like, a year over Thanksgiving. So, yeah, I do have a lot of hobbies. (laughs) That is actually a perfect, not to shut you up, but that's a perfect transition into my house life. I was going to ask you, don't worry. (laughs) How is your life? Well, I put myself in a bit of a pickle that is embarrassing to talk about. So, you know, Goodreads reading challenges. Oh, they have reading challenges? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Goodreads (laughs) (laughs) has reading challenges. Okay. And like all the bookstagrammers are like... I have 50 in my reading challenge and I read them all by July and I'm over here being like I put 12 there (laughs) trying to trying to be like like go like so easy on myself that I just astound myself I did not um so December began (laughs) and it was like uh you have eight books to go. Oh, no. <laughs> I've really been bad this year. I've been so bad. And, like, I have had excuses. I, it was the funniest thing to me where everybody, like, when I, like, hurt my leg, everybody was like, oh, you're going to have so much time to read now. And I was like, I don't feel like reading. No. Um, but, like, okay, so I'm, I, December is traditionally the month where I just go ham on reading really short books to try to do that. But I entered December like midway through a 700 page uh novel about the Targaryen family history by George R R Martin. Oh god. <laughs> anyway, so I finished that. <laughs> <laughs> and now I want another one, but now I have to read so many books in like half a month. Well, um if you want a recommendation. <laughs> Is it short? Well, the the series I just finished um yeah, it is really short. It's called Rhapsody by L.A. something, I think. Uh-huh. But um, it, it's a really... It's, you know I like those trashy romance novels. Yeah, I do. Yeah, this is a... This is... Oh my god, she falls in love with a fairy king, okay? <laughs> She's okay. a siren who falls in love with a fairy king. Mm-hmm. And... My favorite trope is, like, the super, like, edgy, overprotective partner who just, like, melts in the putty of the other person's hands. Ah, yes. That's, like, soft boy. Oh, it's my favorite trope. And this 
fits that it to is a, a good trope. Okay, I will keep that in mind. If I get to a point in my TBR where I'm just very like not feeling it, mm-hmm. I will be like, "All right, let's trope it up." <laughs> I, I read it in five hours, so a book or a series? The book, just the first book. Yeah, it's impossible to read it series and okay thank you you're welcome <laughs> thank you because i might need to Im- picture me at 7 p.m december 31st <laughs> like i have five hours <laughs> to get this thing done yeah all right um well thank you uh for the recommendation zoe do you because we have things we got to do in this podcast yeah um do you have a something something for us i do and this is a little bit of a revenge plot for you um Mm. so you know (laughs) you know your last two something southerns how you put a lot of the weight on me to do something yeah yes i do in this one i'm putting all the weight on you and it's Mm -hmm. a surprise which makes it better so robin what i have right here is a (laughs) mad lib vacation sheet so I'm going to ask you for the words and you're going to make it as Southern as possible. Okay. Mad Lib Vacations. It's All right, Mad okay. Lib's Vacations and you got to make it Southern, Robin. Okay. Got to make it Southern. Focus right. up. Focusing. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Give me an adjective. <laughs> <laughs> you have a Southern. master's. Southern. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Robin, this is really going to blow your mind. Give me a second adjective. (laughs) Only thing I can think of is down yonder. That's not an adjective. You go down yonder. You don't go down yonderly. (laughs) (laughs) That's an adverb. (laughs) Yonder. Okay. 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 (laughs) Okay, give me a noun. Biscuits. Okay. I'm making it singular. Give me another noun. Gravy. <laughs> All right. I just want to remind you this is about vacations. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> um, give me a plural noun. Swamps. Okay. Give me a game. Hide and seek. I have played that in the South. <laughs> okay. A plural noun. Mint juleps. Okay. Yeah. Give me a verb ending with ing. Chatting. Okay. Yeah. Like gossiping, I get that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another verb ending in I-N-G. Eating. Okay. Very Southern. I know. (laughs) A a plural noun. Okay, honestly, the only thing coming to my mind is cemeteries. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Another verb ending in I-N-G. Howling. Howling? Yeah. Okay. A noun. Granite. Definitely misspelled that, but it's okay. G-R-A-N-I-T-E. Okay. And a plant. Ooh, okay. What's a particularly southern plant? Think about our flag. Palmetto. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Uh, A part of the body that's southern. (laughs) (laughs) Taken in a few ways. I'm going to go with the collarbone. Okay. A place. Georgia. Okay. (laughs) Verb ending in I-N-G. Let's say hunting. I'll give you that one. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Adjective. It's a very, okay, the South, in my mind, is a very sunny place. The sun is yellow. Yellow. Okay. Number. Oh, shoot. Okay. I'm trying to think of five, five, five. Okay. And plural noun. Plural noun. Rivers. Rivers. All right. Are you ready for the genius that you just concocted? Yes, yes. The South and Mad Lib vacation form. Uh Uh-huh. A vacation is when you take a trip to some Southern place with your yonder family. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good first half. It makes sense. It makes sense. Your family is down yonder. You got to take them on vacation. (laughs) Usually you go to some place that is near... A biscuit or up on a gravy. <laughs> a good 
A good vacation. <laughs> <laughs> a good vacation place is one where you can ride swamps or play hide and seek or go hunting for mint juleps. <laughs> okay. I like to spend my time chatting and eating. That's a good That's one. That's accurate. Mm-hmm. When parents go on vacation, they spend their time eating three cemeteries a day. <laughs> and fathers play golf and mothers sit around howling. <laughs> Last summer, my little brother fell in a granite and got poison palmetto tree all over his collarbone. My family, my family is going to go to Georgia, and mm-hmm. I will practice hunting. That's a good one. Parents need vacations more than kids because parents are always very yellow, and because they have to work five hours every day all year, making enough rivers <laughs> to pay for the vacation. I really like this um, fabulous southern world you set up Uh very uh fantastical um magical i don't know it's magical realism it's something (laughs) (laughs) it's certainly something it's something all right well that was my something something do you have a story for us i do i think all the information for it has flown out of my brain after that you're welcome Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so Zoe. Uh-huh. Ooh. Okay, okay, okay. I, the, the way I often, not always, but often, like, Google search for episode topics, I think of, like, okay, well, where is a state we haven't traveled to lately? And then I'll be, like, paranormal, haunting, plus that state. Not necessarily saying, like, it needs to be a haunting, but, like, weird story, that state, something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been trying to get Tennessee like (laughs) something from the state of Tennessee for a while now and I thought I had exhausted my google search limits like I don't even know have I done a paranormal thing in Tennessee I I could go through the list but I'm not sure of it you have the bell witch but I don't know about me so apparently I must have tried like a vaguely different google search thing because and only in your state thing popped up and i gotta say i don't use only in your state for like um which is a website where it's just like a very like a art you can find a list of articles that are very specific Mm -hmm. to your state and they will include a lot of like spooky stories i don't use those as in like uh i'm taking notes from only in your state necessarily but i do use it as a way to like jump off ideas and or see rumors about something which i can then jump off to in further research and be like is is this a for real thing no no shade only in your state they are what they are and i appreciate what they are because it helps me think of episode things so i came across the thing the thing literally capital t's capital t the capital t thing are we going into cryptid territory you I feel like that is a valid question. Okay. We can maybe, like, keep that as a thing to answer at the end once we really, like, evaluate everything that we've heard. There's a lot of interesting things about the thing, and there's a lot of interesting things about the context and the people and the situation in which the thing first appears. And so I'm going to go into all of that in today's episode. Well, color me excited. Yeah, so I have never heard of this before. Usually, not always, but usually, especially lately, as like we've done a lot of this research and have kind of like episode topics in our mind we can kind of go back to. I typically like know maybe a few episodes ahead of time, like, oh, well, I've I've heard of this or something. I had never heard of this before, but I think one of the reasons is because nobody really talks about it anymore. In fact, there is an absolutely fantastic article called a forgotten haunting by betsy phillips in a website called nashville scene because this all happens in nashville and there are a few people still talking about the thing 
but it's really very rare. And so this person in an article she did, I think it came out in 2011, she really like listed just throughout her article, like the much often older sources that she was getting her information from on it. So it was kind of like a really great list of things for me to like, then be like, okay, building my source list and then myself going and referencing those and like seeing what all they had to offer and exploring that myself. So I just would like to give a huge shout out to her for like actually bringing this up because do you know how hard it is to search for information when you're Googling the thing Nashville? Yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Everything in the world comes up. So I'm really grateful for it. In fact, I've only seen one other podcast be talking about this. I just happened to have like it come up in my Google search, Rumors and Confabulation, which we are following on instagram yes they apparently did one in march and obviously i didn't listen to it because i didn't want to like have anything that i have to say come from that but i do think i'm going to listen to it after this just to know like if there were like any differences i'm always very interested in that but anyway i'm just very happy because this is a very weird episode and i was telling you i wanted to do more weird stories and the fact that not many people are talking about this i'm very happy that we are part of the people who are dredging this up because it just didn't make the zeitgeist (laughs) okay anyway i just wanted to put all those things out there so this starts in the 1880s but for context i'm going to take you just a little bit further back because we're talking about spiritualism for a bit okay now we've talked about spiritualism before but i wanted to kind of set this up in this episode because it's very related so spiritualism was huge In late 1800s, there were literally millions of U.S. citizens who were spiritualists at that time, and it wasn't considered taboo necessarily, or if it was, it was a taboo that many people could get behind. Even Queen Victoria went to at least one seance, and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and Marie Curie were, like, considered spiritualists. But what is spiritualism? It is a belief that we can communicate with people, the living can communicate with people who have died and that those spirits have the capacity to be wiser than humans because people who are spiritualists or were spiritualists believed that spirits could gain wisdom even after they died and so could help living people understand more about the world so that was like the reason for not just can we contact them but like should we contact them And many people believe that spiritualism, as it existed in the Victorian era, there are current churches of spiritualism today, but I didn't so much look into the differences of beliefs because I assume it probably did evolve over that time. And this is just a very time-based phenomenon. So I'm mostly talking about the Victorian era, but most people believe that spiritualism started at that time because two 14 and 11-year-old sisters named Maggie and Kate Fox lived in Hydesville, New York, and said that there was a spirit living in their home. They called him Mr. Splitfoot, which is a gross name. (laughs) Uh, And they said that he communicated with them by knocking out patterns to match different letters. And that through that method, he was able to communicate quite a bit with them and that he even was able to tell them through that method that he had been murdered. Now, news of this spread quite rapidly and the girls ended up holding seances where they demonstrated the rapping with the spirit to an audience that did pay money. And then it got bigger and bigger. And then spiritualism really, even outside of them, just catapulted across different continents. However, there is a little bit of a tangle in this because in 1888, and so this would be, I believe the girls started in 1848. So this is a full 40 years after Maggie, who I believe was the older of the two sisters, denounced spiritualism while on stage talking to an audience. And she said that she and her sister, and she showed them her doing this, had been cracking their toe to make it sound like the rapping sound that they claimed came from spirits. And there was a different wrinkle in the wrinkle the next year because she actually took it back and said that, oh, no, I I, um, I, I guess she was saying that she was lying then. Anyway, she, at that point, the year later, she was saying, no, spiritualism is real. What we're doing is real. So just unpack that yourselves. <laughs> um, but I want to take you now that we have a little bit of context for spiritualism to Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee. Finally, Tennessee. <laughs> All right. 
there was a dude named Benjamin Bentley Allen. I don't know why I gave you his full name. I don't know why I always give people everybody's first names, full names, but he's, <laughs> he's Ben. He was the son of a banker, and he was born in 1855 in Louisiana. And at some point, I guess he moved to Nashville, I guess. And I read in his wife's obituary that he was, quote, a prominent capitalist, which I assume means you're a person who has money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. And in fact, he never had a job job, but he did always have money, money. And (laughs) he, while his money was likely out there making more money, I'm assuming, he was busy exploring his varied and sometimes quite mystical hobbies. One of them being, oh, like you. Like you, Zoe. (laughs) Spiritualism is one of my hobbies. I guess so. So he was a Freemason. And I always like just Freemason has like always existed in my mind. But I've never been like, wait, what are they, though? And isn't that so weird? And the reason like they're a secret society. Yeah. And it's not like secret is it? Okay, you say that, but I didn't know that. I I thought secret societies meant like you're nobody's supposed to know that you exist. And the Freemasons, like, very clearly exist. But no, secret society means, like, nobody knows what you do. Right, yeah. Okay, so I learned that. Um, <laughs> but I did some Googling just because I was like, okay, I should probably know at this point. And I went to Britannica.com. And it says that Freemasonry started back in the Middle Ages because there were, like, masonry groups that built cathedrals. And once cathedrals weren't being built anymore, the masonry groups still wanted to be groups, but they were losing members. So they took some people who didn't build cathedrals in, and then they apparently developed from there. Okay. Developed quite a bit from there. I'm wondering if I missed some information there, but that's what I saw. No, I I, I can track that because it's kind of like starting a book club and then getting really close to everybody in that book club. And now instead of every Friday meeting to read your book, you're now going to the movies or the bar, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Except their movies in the bar was very much centered on morality and philosophy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't really know the specifics of all that, but we do know that most orders only accept men, but there is at least one in France that accepts women. FYI, any French people want to join, I guess. I interned for a summer in an organization that just so happened to be leasing an office in a Masonic temple. Okay. And sometimes they would have meetings behind these very heavy double wooden doors. And sometimes I would awkwardly hover outside the meetings. I didn't hear anything. The double doors were good. But I was like, secrets are happening in there. (laughs) You little spy. I know. I know. And there was like a sign in the stairwell for the building because like there was like this great like korean mexican fusion place downstairs i had like a kimchi quesadilla and so i would take the stairs down there and then you know you're taking the stairs back up and then i would see like a little printed out piece of paper saying the masonic library is open on the second and fourth thursdays of every month for four hours and i was like that's a very inconveniently timed library (laughs) it is i mean they got to keep their secrets safe They do. They do. So anyway, just know that he was a Freemason. That does come in just a tiny bit later. Just a tiny bit. So he was quite eccentric in his interests, including making jewelry, engraving swords, and also hypnosis. And as we'll get into in a bit, seances. So he married a woman who is repeatedly referred to in the sources I'm seeing as Mrs. Ben Allen, but her name was Susan Dorothy Perkins Allen. But before I get into her, I want you to know that they live together. Before I get into (laughs) explaining her life to you, I want you to know that they live together in a house in Nashville that people were often afraid to walk past, partially because of the thing and partially because they were concerned that Ben Allen would somehow hypnotize them. Now, I fully relate to wanting to skip out on hypnosis because, Zoe, do you remember, like, the night before classes first started, USC? Uh Uh-huh. Freshman year, we went to that comedian hypnotist? No, no, no. Uh, We've had this conversation, I think, on the podcast before. I, for some reason, did not go. Oh, oopsie. Sorry. Well... Comedian hypnotist, I purposefully remained not being hypnotized because I remember my psychology class in high high school, they were like, 
you can't really be hypnotized if you don't want to be hypnotized. So like he was like, okay, everybody bend your heads forward and then just like get into a state. And I was like, I bet my head for it, but I was like, be alert, be alert, be alert. Cause I did not want to start out my college career doing something foolish on the stage. Anywho. But the thing is like, I knew that by keeping myself alert, you're not going to be susceptible to that because you have to like be kind of willing to be hypnotized in order to be hypnotized. But there are a couple accounts from Ben Allen that made it seem, not from him specifically, but about him, that make it seem like I, I'm not quite sure how they happened. One of them is that there was a guy who worked at a Nashville hotel who ended up moving away because he, Ben Allen was able to hypnotize him so easily and he didn't <laughs> want to be hypnotized. And so he just moved. I wish wow. I had more details on that, but I just saw that tidbit and I was like, what happened there? Wow. Really, what happened? And then another thing was that this guy named Haywood was really good friends with Ben. And there were multiple times in the night, just in nights in general, not one single night, where Haywood would wake up in the middle of the night knowing that Ben wanted help in his, like, shop. And so he would leave his house, go to Ben's, and Ben would be in his shop waiting for him. I don't like that. (laughs) I don't like that either. I also think like, like, how do you like, okay, I feel like it would be like a very intrusive thing to just like be on a whim, like of a friend and be like, hello, I'm disturbing your seat because I want you to come to my shop, let alone be like, I'm entering your mind while you're sleeping and I want you to come to my shop. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, right. If if I could, I would probably at least once be like, I wonder if I can force Robin awake by astral projecting into her <laughs> house and be like, yo, text me back. <laughs> okay, so if you can do that, I would show up wherever you wanted me to show up. But I would only time. do it once. Yeah. One time. <laughs> so uh Sue Allen, who is also a, a huge, if not more huge, player in the seances, but who about whom there is much less information she was born in 1848 and her first marriage was to a man named thomas hayes who was a captain in the confederacy because of course he was so we have that Mm -hmm. great Uh uh-huh 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 of course we do they married in 1868 and then he died in 1881 and she married ben i believe about a couple years after and it was considered i don't know if scandalous is the right word but perhaps unexpected was because she was eight years older a widow and it was like kind of a thought that like he would marry one of her younger sisters but they ended up getting married instead okay scandalous (laughs) he was 28 she was 35 oh my goodness oh she was practically old and decrepit by then tut tut And I guess they were a perfectly normal couple, except twice or three times a week, they would host a seance in their living room. Dining room. Sorry. Couple goals. Couple goals? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. The people who would attend the seances were elites in the community. This is all very high class, all very elitist. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just just have have that in your brain. All right. Mm -hmm. Are you drinking fake tea? I'm drinking fake tea while holding my fake saucer. Mm -hmm. Oh, 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 sorry. Sorry. Pinky up. Pinky up. Got it. I know. I noticed that. Um, (laughs) So they, all these people, twice or three times a week, often like returning. So like, this is often like the same circle of people would gather in the dining room. There would be no light on in there except for the light in the hall outside. They were told not to share details about what happened during the seances. But the fact that we have this episode at all proves (laughs) that... um, that was not a well-followed rule. And the thing was a major part of their seances, but it wasn't the only thing. Really, Sue, it was Sue, would try to commune with the dead. And this is, so, so like, I'm kind of like, they're all sitting around tables. She's, like, communing with the dead. And I gotta say, like, as the resonant skeptic here, this is the kind of thing that get, gets my hackles to to rise. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And and I still don't. But I am going to suspend my disbelief as I tell this story and tell it, like, as if it is all true. And I will nickel and dime at the end. Okay. Let all me right? guess. Thank- the thing is her spirit guide that helps her communicate with the souls of the other dead. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha on that one. Now, I, I also wanted to say that, like, oh, 
like I said, a lot of people place Ben at the center of these narratives when she was the one who was conducting the seances. And so he and also when he wasn't there to co-host, she would just host them herself. And I just want to say that makes me think of the first line of Virginia Woolf's Mrs. Dalloway novel, which says Mrs. Dalloway said she would buy the flowers herself. And I said, Mrs. Allen said she would summon the thing herself. All right. Just, okay. just so you know, I thought of that literary kind of pun joke. Oh, so, I've never heard of that novel. So Mrs. Oh, Dalloway. Okay. So it just fell flat wow. on me. But I bet somebody is laughing their butt off. Where are my modernist literature people at? All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I specifically purposely did not take modernist literature. I didn't want to. I kind of was coerced into doing it. Gotcha. All right. Just so we all understand. So, okay. All these people gathering in a really dark room. One could argue that if, like, you're all holding hands waiting for something extraordinary to happen, something extraordinary is going to happen, or at least you're going to perceive it happening. So... One interesting occurrence happened when either Sue or Ben, but I'm inclined to believe it was Sue, saw a spirit in the room with them. It was holding on to the shoulders of one of their guests, who was a young man. And Sue told the man about the spirit. And she said, quote, and this is from a Tennessean article in 1951. She said, quote, he looks like you about 40 years from now. And his expression is very sad. And 10 years after that incident happened, the article says that the man, quote, brought evil days upon himself, end quote. And it doesn't go into that, but it's clearly something of like, he, I guess, did something that the consequences made him live a pretty bad life, like deservedly is what it seems like it's saying. Mm. And so I'm wondering, okay, like, again, I might belief is there right now because the suspension of disbelief that's uh-huh. what that means and so i'm wondering like because ideally you would think like okay a dad a grandfather an uncle or something was that guy but if it's saying like the man looks like you 40 years from now and he's sad and then you bring evil days upon yourself perhaps it is like an older version of himself visiting himself in the youth before either he made those bad decisions or before the consequences hit yeah yeah, um, before you said the word deservedly, I was like, wait, when was the opium crisis again? Because that was the first thing I thought of. But then you said deservedly. I'm like, well, drug addiction is a illness, not something somebody deserves. So well, I- no, that's a good point. But like, also, you have to note, like, this, this is like, they're saying brought evil days upon himself. I perceive that as being deservedly, like, meaning deservedly and also this was written in 1951 there are a number of things in the articles that like that particular article i disagreed with on a moral standpoint yeah (laughs) that makes sense yeah yeah i wonder when the opium crisis was um i there were probably multiple but like i don't know about was there really like an opium crisis in the u.s let me see we're googling Nope, all I can find is opioid. Yeah, yeah, which is, I mean, currently <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So I'm guessing no, then it wasn't in the U.S. No, but I mean, it could have still been something like addiction or something. Right. Because I don't trust the article not to be uh, Up mean to about that. 2020 terms. <laughs> yeah, or like, yeah, <laughs> even beyond that. There is another moment in there, which was quite interesting, involving like, contacting spirits of the dead because a couple that was one of like the tight circle that would always go to these seances the husband died and so you know he had died the wife kept going to the seances and she wanted sue to summon him so that she could communicate with him again and sue did summon the husband and he spoke through her however he said only and this quote is still from the same tennessean article He said only, I see that my friend, Mrs. Allen, is chewing gum. (laughs) And that's all he said. It's the only thing they could get out of him. Uh And part of me wishes I could say to this day, and no one knows why he (laughs) only said she was chewing gum. But the truth is, we actually do know. (laughs) And he was being a little so-and-so in his final words from the grave because he hates gum and he hates chewing gum and he hates that people chew gum and so he was just like oh she's chewing gum if she wasn't chewing gum i'd stay along a little bit longer but she's chewing gum so i have to get out of here 
Yeah, he, maybe he just really hates the chewing sound, like the smacking. Yeah. And so he was like, sorry, hun, got, got us to go. <laughs> <laughs> I would say BRB, but this is more of a G2G situation. <laughs> uh, so the thing. Yes, the thing. Uh, it is really obvious to me why they call it the thing. Because it says it's clobbering time. Yes, that is the one phrase it was known to I say. knew it. Um, but no, they call it the thing because there's no consensus as to what it actually was or what it looked like. And it was, if it was ever seen at all, it was only very rarely because, okay, what would happen is they would all be around the table and it first like came in by like a rush of... Well, okay. It would first come in by a sudden, like, breeze in the room. Okay. And they would be able to feel it under the table going along their legs. Uh Uh-huh. And it would raise up the table sometimes and, like, shove it different directions into the people that were surrounding the table. Okay. While it was going along under it, touching legs i have to assume it would unbutton not like groping but like (laughs) brushing along it would unbutton people's shoes which i'm assuming that's like the equivalent today of untying your shoes it would pull their stockings off actually it would grab people's legs and sometimes in that same tennessean article it's like it said that sometimes quote a putrid odor would spring they, yeah <laughs> would spring up while the thing was out and Zoe if you hear putrid yeah cuz i feel like we're all wondering is that sulfur i don't know if i would call sulfur putrid would you well i mean i remember the first time i smelled sulfur i was like who farted you know yeah and then i was like wait nope that's eggs that's bad eggs so maybe i maybe I mean, if I was writing an article in 1915, maybe mm-hmm. I would. But I mean, I don't know. Putrid, I think more of like a dumpster on a hot summer day, you know? Yeah. Like something like truly gross. Yeah. And it wouldn't be there all the time. And so, like, like I said, sometimes they would have to like actually get up and open up the window. And often it was just like the same people, like I said, who would go and who would experience the thing. But word did get out and so every now and then there would be like a skeptic who would come into the group who would be like okay listen i don't believe in the thing and i'm going to like kind of prove either to myself or to other people that the thing is not really true and in that case it was known to particularly go after that person and harass them even when they weren't at the table or in the Allen house at all. Like there's cases of it, like, I don't know if case is the right word, (laughs) but of it following people home and then harassing them either to their house or at their house. One guy said that it took the covers off his bed every night for many nights in a row to the point that he decided to just leave the house. Now it was his summer house, so it's not like... He moved like the guy in the hotel did. Um, <laughs> really, they're just driving people out of Nashville. But no, he just he left the summer house. There is one particular, I guess, moment, incident, event that is the most well known. And it's another case of somebody coming who like really didn't believe in it. And the reason we have it kind of documented in the way that we do, because there isn't a lot of surviving documentation, at least not that made its way to the Internet <laughs> that I was able to find. but. A guy named Hamlin Garland wrote a memoir in, I think, the 1930s called 40 Years of Psychic Research, A Plain Narrative of Fact. And he talks in one section about starting a contest with a group of other people where I think the goal was to collect evidence of the supernatural. And so they were like, send us your real encounters with the paranormal and as much like corroboration and evidence as you possibly can and the story that has most 
I don't know if it's evidence, but I think seems the most true or like the most believable, factual to the panel of which Hamlin Garland was, I think, the head of, uh, would receive a prize. So the first prize winner went to Itake Reno or Reno. Okay. She was, for a time, the society ed- editor for a Nashville newspaper, and she was a regular member of the circle. Okay. So she sent her in her own account, and she also had other members of the circle provide their other written accounts as well. And so this really sent it over the park. She talks about the thing in particular, and she talks about how people would hear it and they would feel it, but she doesn't describe seeing it. Though I have seen descriptions that say dark and hairy, but I mean, you're literally in a dark room and you can feel that it's hairy. So, and it's like also written many years in the future. So I'm not entirely sure about that, but she's saying they can hear it and they can feel it. And that a lawyer came by one of their seances specifically because he wanted to prove that the thing wasn't real. And so, you know, they're all sitting around the table and the thing appears Mm -hmm. and starts messing about. And someone sitting at the table said, it's a large cat. I can feel its paw on my knee. And another person at the table said, it's a dog because it brushed by their leg. And the lawyer was like, there's not a cat. There's not a dog. There's like nothing that was summoned under here. So he got out of a seat and crouched to go under the table. And then from Ida's perspective, he then shouted, jumped up and ran out of the house, but not before grabbing his hat on the way out. Okay. (laughs) Because gentlemen don't go out without their hats. (laughs) Someone from the group, perhaps it was Ida, I'm not sure, saw him the next day. And he explained that he ran because the thing, while it was under the table, had, quote, hurled itself against me. Oh. And it had chased him home, and he described it as large and hairy and violent and strong. Okay. And he was, like, for sure a believer after that. That is the most well-known incident of the thing. Okay. But it did live in the cultural context for a while, cultural consciousness for a while. Ultimately, the seances ended, it seems, in 1910 when Ben died at the age of 55. His funeral took place at midnight because, of course, it did. <laughs> uh, this is actually because he he was rather re- high-ranking in the Freemasonry, and this was a, I think, honor that was bestowed upon him for being that high up because it was a very specific funeral and there were like a hundred people in black hoods. Oh. Yeah, it, it got, it, it, it was a very intense thing, it seems. Okay. V- funeral. And also, I think, very going with his character. Their house at 125 8th Avenue South, where they held these seances for 30 years and summoned the thing for 30 years, was torn down at some point and turned into a parking lot. And today there's a credit union. Oh, nice. Yeah. And when Ben died, Sue moved into a newly built home of her own and lived there for 11 years before selling it and moving somewhere else. And today that building is a funeral home, which also feels right. Yeah. So I kind of want to get now into talking about questions I have about it and suspicions I have about (laughs) it. Like I said, I really wish there was like more on the actual thing itself, but it's just unique enough that I really wanted to share about it and share about like this weird kind of time period where like the elite would go there and be like, yeah, there's definitely something under the table and it's coming after us. But I was thinking that you know how they said they felt wind when the thing appeared? Yeah. What if there was like a door under the dining table? Yeah. Like swung open. Yeah. I was thinking like something that lets in a breeze and maybe it was just a really bad, big shaggy dog that sometimes smelt like wet dog. Future, <laughs> <laughs> we have to open the windows. Yeah. But like. But then you said 30 years and I'm like. I feel like, first of all, dogs aren't living that long. And I feel like it would be kind of hard to, like, raise a puppy, you know, without people knowing you have a dog. 
And I mean, if you're just the, the animal for the most part, except when it would like kind of supposedly chase after people, but none of the people around the circle were like, oh, we see this person being chased. They'd be like, oh, we see this person running. Yeah. You know, how do you have a dog and like you release it out into a room and then it will mess with people's legs, but it won't come out from under the table. Really well, really well trained. I mean, that's true. I guess if you could have dogs that can like sense a seizure, you can have dogs. Like it's like a, it's one of those really well trained dogs. It's like, we just have you for this very specific purpose of you need to kind of scare our friends, but to the point that they keep coming back week after week. Like there's dogs on the internet that have these buttons and they can like communicate with these buttons. Like there's this one I follow on TikTok and her name. Yeah, her name is Bunny. And she legit said, when Bunny gone, like asking when she's going to die. Like Bunny developed a consciousness to the point that Bunny (laughs) needed to go on anti-anxiety meds when Bunny started pushing buttons. And her favorite thing to do is to announce when her mom or dad poops. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I feel like if you can train a dog to communicate like when their stomach hurts and so they need medicine like you can train a dog to lift up a table and like paw at shoe buckles i mean i guess you're right i just but i i still don't why, like why aren't there anybody being like i felt a tongue <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah no and like how that person who said like the blankets kept being pulled like they didn't see anything they just saw their blankets being pulled so yeah okay so can i like i it this thought just occurred to me right now Mm -hmm. what if like periodically they got skeptics to come in and then like these people were either instructed or like they were a part of the plan or something to like freak out yeah make a whole big show about running out of the house screaming yeah, and, and like, and make also a big show about being like, I don't believe in this. Yeah. Ooh, I, I'm, I, yeah, that makes sense. And like, I think I'm not on team dog necessarily. I honestly think they had a person. Okay, okay, because think about it like this. It was, cons- it was like, here were the three things. Dog, cat, or like arm without a hand or anything. So, like, what if it was a person who got up from, like, the the door under it? Because I definitely think that has to be the, the air they're talking about. Mm-hmm. But then, like, had, like, fur draped over them. Because you also have to be dexterous to unbutton shoes. Yeah. No, like, maybe they had maybe even two people so that, like, you can be messing with this person over here at the same time as messing with this person. Yeah, yeah. And then you can raise the table, you can push the table into people. And then maybe they could have like, I don't know about the putrid odor, but maybe they could have something that like really did emit quite a smell that they released on like special occasions or something. Yeah, or maybe one of them didn't have their monthly bath or something like that. Yeah, that could be it, Zoe. So, ahem, Zoe, I'm going to, I feel like we've answered this question, but I'm, I'm still going to stick by it. So I have two questions for you. The first, I just want you to think of the answer and then not say it until I ask you this next question. Okay. So the first question is, how haunted is the thing one to 10 and mm-hmm. haunted? It's just paranormal. Okay. Not ghost. And then the second question is haunting or hoax. And so I want you to answer haunting or hoax first. And then give us your number as an explanation. I would say hoax mm-hmm. because I personally don't believe in a lot of the seancey things that were happening in that time. Me neither. Me neither. Especially since I've heard a lot about it and they nine times out of ten they gross me out. So I would say hoax. However, I'll give it like a four because some people, well, maybe a three. I'll give, I'll break my evens. Oh, I'm trying oh to be better God. about that. I'm yeah. trying to be so much better about that. So I'll say For people who don't know, three. Zoe detests odd numbers. That's why all my episodes are odd numbers. And I didn't know that until we were like 30 episodes in or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, okay, you're saying a hoax, comma, three. Hoax, comma, three. Okay. My answer is hoax, comma, two. Okay. I didn't want to go as low as two because I feel like some seances do have genuine spiritual energy in them, you know? Mm -hmm. And it could be one of those situations where, like, there maybe is like ghosty things happening and because of that people are open to suggestion and when they say hey this thing's coming in you think you feel something furry on your leg you know so i feel like a little bit of like that psychology could be in play so that's why i give it a three but i yeah the psychology of it i think like that's like a really good point because sometimes I I did want to put the dichotomy of haunting versus hoax here because I feel like there would have to be in t- a lot of intentionality behind it for this to be made up. But I do think in some cases, like you can definitely have something that is not really paranormal. However, the person is not lying. Right. Yeah. Because of the psychology aspect. And actually, I think that happens probably in a lot of these cases but not in this one i don't think so i <laughs> i put hoax into and the only reason i didn't put it as a one is because what i read a lot about ben allen and listen i don't know who this per this guy is as a person i don't know who sue is as a person i don't like that she was married to a confederate captain i i but i i do it does say like he was constantly reading and deeply thinking about philosophy and because of that to me he's he sounds like a person who is like seeking truth and i don't in my mind that doesn't quite compute with we're lying to people yeah and i'm not saying all truth seekers never lie but i'm saying lying to people about something that is like that you're trying to understand yourself which is the way that the universe works however i think everything else is pointing towards hoax right a very interesting and elaborate hoax though yeah yeah well thank you robin that's really cool well thank you for listening if you enjoyed today's episode please rate subscribe review tell a friendo um keep a lookout for the thing and <laughs> subscribe to our patreon at patreon.com slash haunted hospitality for just three dollars a month you get a new episode from us including one just came out today right zoe sure is it tuesday it's tuesday <laughs> yeah the 13th. okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yes it comes out on the 13th because we're spooky if you want to see robin's sources uh you can head over to hauntedhospitality.wordpress.com and if you have your own spooky story uh maybe you've seen the thing or maybe you're a local (laughs) and you have a relative's firsthand account of seeing the thing that would be really Really cool relative like really really old relative your great grandpappy okay so great grandpappy was born during the seance. <laughs> uh, you can write to us at haunted hospitality podcast at gmail.com or you can slide into our DMs. Yeah, we're on Twitter at Haunted House. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Haunted Hospitality. We hope to see you there. Stay, Stay spooky. spooky.